really uh, so much fun to be here with you guys. Uh, a couple different reasons. One, there are so many familiar faces, faces that we've missed, and a chance just to, uh, to be together and uh, to hug and to share stories uh, makes the heart feel good. Uh, so I know for, for all, of, all of us Todds, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but it's also exciting to be here uh, because there's also a lot of faces that we don't recognize. There's a lot of new people here at Cedars. And, um, and it's, it's always fun to be a part of a group that's moving, that's doing something, that's accomplishing something, that's, um, that, that's about something. And so it's really fun to be a part of a church that, uh, in, a, in a really challenging context, um, is, is reaching out and saying, what, I know that's how we've done church, but, but what should church be and what could church be and how, how uh, it really at the core of, of what church is, what, what could that look like? And how do we reach people and, and engage in that way? So um, it's exciting to be here. You know, love talking with Jeff, love, love hearing about uh, the things that are happening in Newark, in Fremont, and, and in this area. Uh, like, like Christy mentioned, um, our story here goes uh, significantly back, a little bit earlier than this morning uh, when we showed up today. Um, but yeah, 2003, got a call and, uh, from a pastor that said, hey, there's a church in, in Newark. Uh, and I said, I'm not moving to the, West, the East Coast. And no, Newark, California. And I was not sure that Newark, California actually existed. Uh, grew up actually in, in Mendocino County, not too far from here, but it, but it never heard about Newark. Uh, broke out a map. It does exist. It is a real place. And a few months later, showed up with um, two... Uh, two very small babies and one slightly larger baby, uh, two three-month-old. Uh, Emma and Bailey were twins, just uh, very, very small, and Ellie was 18 months. So it's fun to be back because this is, this is our home. Uh, this is where we spend, uh, spent 10 years, um, but really this is the, um, this is the, uh, the home of our, of our kids as, as, they've, as they've grown up. But um, go a little bit before 2013, as Christy was talking, uh, and share a little, bit of, a little bit of our story, a little bit about uh, what happened to us. Uh, and honestly, just to give you a little teaser, I'm hoping that a little bit of, of what happened to us happens uh, to each of you. Because I was 2011, uh, take, taking our youth group down to, um, down to Mexico, and Nick, Nick Perez in the back, were you on that trip? I feel, like, I feel like you were on that trip. Um, fun seeing Nick here and, and seeing some of our, our youth kids. Um, but there, there was, we'd, we'd gone down to Mexico a number of times, and uh, similar place, similar ministries, very familiar. And yet in this particular time as we showed up, uh, there, was a, um, there was a tension in, inside of me. There was a, a bit of turmoil, uh, an odd feeling, wasn't really comfortable with it, and was trying to figure out, what, ah, why do I feel this way? Got everyone settled, got unpacked, went to bed. I woke up at six in the morning, uh, really early for me at the time, and, uh, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be awake, so I may as well get up. Uh, so I got up, grabbed my Bible, went up on top of the roof, and just said, God, like, what's going on? What's happening? Like, why, uh, what's happening inside of me? And it, and it wasn't an audible voice, and yet as I look back, it was one of the clearest conversations that God has had with me, and he, and he just began to connect the dots. And he began to say, here's this, and here's this, and this connects here, and this is happening here. And, and, um, and what he said to me was, he said, he said Rich, he, he got my name right, but um, he said, Rich, <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you, Tim. Um, 
He said, you feel like this because you have been leading from the middle of the crowd. You've, if, if, as you look around and if other people are good with it and, and okay with it, then you're moving forward. And he said, that's not leadership and that's not what I'm calling you to do. I want you to step away from the crowd so that you hear my voice only and you respond to that voice no matter what anyone else is saying. If they're saying you're an idiot, if they're saying you have no idea what you're doing, if you're, they're saying you're a fool, if they're saying whatever, it, I want you to hear my voice and to be obedient. And he continued on and he said, part of the reason that you feel this way is that you've been living a life in your power, in your strength, in your ability. I'd been a youth pastor for about, I'd been here at, uh, at the church for about eight years. I'd been a youth pastor for about ten and I knew how to do the youth pastor thing. I, I knew how to take kids on retreats. I knew how to speak. I knew the right things to say. I knew how to, you know, to, to, uh, to counsel them and to engage them. And, and, and I was just going through the motion. And God said, yeah, you can have that life. But it really is not very satisfying. It's really not a good life. And he began to paint this very, very different picture of... Um, of adventure and and mission and uh intrigue and and all these things that spoke maybe maybe none of this makes any sense to you but it, it began to spoke uh, speak deep into the into the um the deep recesses of my heart and he said these two pictures the only difference is one is in your own strength with your own vision doing your own thing and the other one is simply submitting your life and surrendering and just saying, I'm willing to go. If you're willing to let go of the, of the handlebars, if you're willing to just say, name the place, name the time, name wherever, and, and, and be willing to go, the life that I have for you is, is radically different than any life that you have um, ever experienced. And if you've ever had this type of conversation, if you've ever you know, been confronted with this with the Lord, it's not a really comfortable conversation. Because what if? And, and what? And, and when? And, and all of these things that you might be calling me to do, God, that I don't know if I can do, and I don't know if I want to do it, and I don't know what that looks like. And the reality was I had, I had been in that place before, many years before, uh, being on mission and saying, God, I'll follow you. But I had, I had moved away. There were other priorities, other significant things in my life uh, that were that were drowning out the sound of God's voice saying, this is how I want you to live. And so I said, okay, God, I, 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 I can't live this life. I want something more. And that was really the moment that, um, that our life began to transform. Uh, I, knew that, I knew that it, was, um, it could mean something different somewhere else because I said whatever. Um, but at the same time, I knew that it could mean just the same thing that we were already doing, but with a renewed passion and, and a renewed calling. And so we began looking around saying, what does this mean, God? And for a year, it was, um, it was nothing new. And I said, okay, God, there's nothing that, that you're calling us out to, so we'll re-engage and just uh, with a new passion, with a new surrender, engage in this. And it was, a, it was a tremendous year of seeing the Lord work, seeing the Lord move. Um, 
yeah, the result of that uh, eventually, though, was, was launching it, uh, in, into Russia, going with uh, a piece of the Christian Missionary Alliance called Envision. Uh, ended up in St. Petersburg. We were there for three and a half years. And, and as I look back now from that, that moment on the rooftop in Mexico to where we stand today, and I see this like crazy, drastic difference in life, and I go, God, you are not kidding. You are not lying. At the same time, that journey has been anything but clear. That journey has been anything but comfortable. That journey has been uh, a number of things, uh, many of which are not fun and not comfortable and not amazing. And yet that's the journey that God often has to take us on to get us to beautiful places. To get us out of where we are and where we were to get us to the places that we need to be where he wants us, where, where we thrive. So uh, just a little bit about uh, our current roles. Uh, I am the Envision International Site Developer. Uh, we went to Russia to start an Envision site, and I'll tell you a little bit about Envision and all that we do later. But, but a, 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 my role now is actually working with all of our international sites. We have 12 different locations around the world. We have 35 staff that I'm responsible for their, uh, for their growth, their development, professional, personal, member care, um, you know, helping challenge them to grow, to move. Uh, I could not think of anything more exciting, more fulfilling to do uh, than to be on the ground with people on mission and to say, how can I encourage you? How can I support you? How can I, how can I bring truth and challenge you sometimes and have some of those tough conversations, but so that, uh, so that to see people move forward, uh, to, to move from here to here. That's, uh, that's what I get to do, and that's what I love. Uh, Christy is, is facilitating uh, internships um, in our national office, doing a number of different things, uh, but she's also facilitating our resident program. We have people that go out for two years to serve short-term at our locations, but also to grow and de be developed in that process. And she, uh, she facilitates and directs that program, uh, developing with a team the curriculum, uh, processing people, making sure that, that they're getting to the places they, they need, that they need to get to. And um, in, in her spare time, when she's not a mom and not an Uber driver for our girls and not doing the internships and not doing the residence, she, uh, she gets to join me on, on trips to, um, to be on the ground uh, caring and supporting uh, the people that are serving. And, you know, Christy mentioned a little bit, I've mentioned it, uh, life in a cross-cultural context is heavy. Uh, it's weird how it's heavy. Uh, it, it can be very lonely. And, and there were some really unique challenges that we went through being in Russia, serving there. And yet, as we look back, we can very clearly see the way that he's shaped us through that, uh, to have something uh, to offer, to have something to bring uh, to other people that are on the ground going through stuff. And sometimes that's only a shoulder. Sometimes that's, you know, that's just an arm. Uh, sometimes it's an ear just to listen. Uh, but it's significant for people that are out there and that are on their own. So uh, a, just a little bit about, uh, about our journey, about uh, where we are currently. Uh, the reality is we're, gonna, we're talking a little bit about history today, uh, looking backwards. The reality is, is that we're looking at history and we're looking backwards. Nothing to do with yesterday. Um, but more to do with the present and today and what God wants to do in the future. Uh, it's, you know, what I found in my life in, in Mexico, in that moment in Mexico, was that God had 
spoken very clearly to me about how he wanted me to live and what he wanted me to be about, and yet I had drifted from that slowly. That voice got quieter and quieter, and there were other distractions. And the reality is with the call and the mission that God has put on us as individuals and as a church and as a community, it's easy to drift from that. And so I want to take a little time and I want to, I want to tell uh, two other stories. One is about Jesus and the Great Commission. His last words uh, to, uh, to us, the mission that he has put us on as individuals, as, as churches. Uh, not because you haven't heard it, um, but because it's important that we hear it again. It's important that we come face to face with that and say, am I going to obey today? Am I going to respond today? Am, do I want that kind of life? Or would I prefer this life? And I want to talk about, um, talk about another story as well. Um, another young pastor, a couple years ago, 132 years ago, uh, Albert Benjamin Simpson who went through a similar uh, story and experience uh, with myself. He was a pastor. He'd been a pastor in a number of different places. And yet it was in that experience that God firmly got a hold of his life. And he began to experience through some, some illness issues and, some, and God showing up and healing him in miraculous ways that he, um, that he began to experience uh, the fullness of Christ in his life. And in those moments, he said, he said if this is what it means to experience the fullness of Christ, then ministry has to be different. We have to be doing something in a different way because people need all of Jesus. He was, at the time, he was in New York City 132 years ago, and a similar thing that's happening here on the West Coast in the Bay Area uh, was happening there, which were people were moving there from all different corners and all different parts of the world. And he looked around, and as he tried to engage and to reach out with these people, he felt tension, and he, he felt pullback from, from leadership at his church, and he said, God is calling me to this. I've got to go do that. And he began a new church, and, and from, that, from that day, that moment, that decision that he said, I am going to respond, I'm going to pay this price, I'm going to leave this salary, I'm going to leave this, this comfort and structure. He had been a part of the Presbyterian church for, for many, many years, um, and, he, and he began a new work in response to the mission and the calling that God had put on his heart. It was a holy discontent of something going on inside him as he saw the people around him and said, they need all of Jesus. They need to experience all of Jesus. But the fruit of that one person, the fruit of that one decision, uh, led to Holy Spirit-empowered revivals all in the Northeast, all along the East Coast. The fruit of that decision, as he looked at the people, he said, not only do we need to be reaching the people here in New York City, we need to be reaching the people from where they came and other places for people that aren't here. And he said, I believe that we can be more effective in the mission that God has called us on when we work together and when we engage together in partnership. And so part of the fruit of that was a, um, what was early called a, a missionary society. There were churches that said, we're going to work together. We're going to stick our heads together and do this thing together. It became called the Missionary Alliance. Um, and then later on, it was the Christian and Missionary Alliance. 
Some of you may have seen that name and, and those terms on, on stuff here for, for this church because Cedars is actually a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. The ministry that is happening here, the people that are reaching out, is fruit years and years and years and years from one man's decision to say, ah, God, you're moving in me, and I just can't do the same old, same old. I've got to respond. For 87 years, it wasn't, it wasn't even a denomination. It was just a group of churches that said, we're together on mission. We're together to do this thing. It's interesting, um, and we're going we're gonna to look at the, the size of the challenge, and we're going to look at the power, where, where the ability to, to see this thing happen comes from. It's not from us. Give you that little clue. But, the, but, I, but I also want to draw back to when, when we are responsive to the Holy Spirit, what God does is so much bigger and so much more powerful than anything we could have done on our own. So you think of that one individual, that one decision 132 years ago. From that, there are over 2,000 alliance churches that are saying, hey, we want to be together on mission. We want to accomplish the Great Commission. We want to be obedient. Um, in the U.S., there are over 500,000 people like you gathering in the U.S. on a Sunday morning. And yet, outside of the U.S., there are over 22,000 alliance churches in over 80 countries. Over 6 million people. 6 million people saying, I want to worship the Father. I want to worship the Son. I want to come together as a community. That says nothing about Simpson. That says everything about the God that we serve. And yet that the God that we serve looks at you and says, I want to use you. Do you want your life to just kind of be, eh? Until you get to retirement, until you get to the golf course, until you get to the whatever? Or, or do you want your life to actually make a difference? Do you want people to be impacted, people to experience life, people to experience redemption at the deepest parts of who they are because you said, okay, God, I'm willing to be uncomfortable. Okay, God, I'm willing to step up. Okay, God, en enough's enough. It's not okay. I want to look at a couple passages. Uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're looking backwards today so that we can look forward, so we can deal with today and look forward. Um, I'm going I'm to read five passages. We're going to go through these uh, rather quickly. Um, and you can either try and follow along really fast, and I'll try and go slow, or you can just listen. But I want to I give you three words to listen for. I want you to listen for geographical in motionary verbs, okay? I'll give you a hint. One of them is go, uh, but there are going to be other, other names and places in that. Uh, another word that I want you to looking for is, is the Holy Spirit. Spirit or Holy Spirit. Listen for that. How does that play in these passages? And the third one is, is witness, okay? So, so listen for the word witness. And what we're going to do is we're, gonna, we're looking at passages through the Gospels and in Acts uh, that talk about the Great Commission, Jesus' last words and his instructions to us. It's captured um, in different ways in each of the Gospels. Uh, but we start out in, if I can have the right page of my notes up, Matthew 28, uh, 28 or 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mark sixteen fifteen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. John 20, 21, and 22. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Five different passages retelling a similar uh, point in time. Um, some, you can see lots of overlap, different, different ways that it's being told. Uh, some different words in there, but I want to I want to dive in a little bit and and look at uh, look at a few principles. The first piece is that as we look at the Great Commission, there are um, there are three things that jump out. The first two to me are spirit and witness. So as he talks about mission, as he talks about these things, what he's saying is that uh, that not only is it bigger than you, but I'm going to send you. Uh, I'm going to send you someone that's going to enable you to do it. That, that if we want to be a part of the, the Great Commission, if we want to be a part of the mission that God is calling us to do, that he's calling you to do, it only happens through the Holy Spirit, through God's power in us. And as soon as we try and do it on our own strength, what we do is we take it and we shrink it down and shrink it down and shrink it down and shrink it down and we shrink it down and then we go, maybe I could do, shrink it down. Okay, I could probably do that. And suddenly we've taken something huge that God wants to do in this world, huge in our communities, huge in the people around us, and we make it into this really small, insignificant thing. So instead, he's calling us to something that is so big that we cannot do it, that he's saying, I am going to give you the ability to do it. What I need you to do is to be obedient. What I need you to do is to say, I will go. And when we say, we will go, he says, now here's the resources to be able to do that. Number two, not only do we see spirit in it, but we see the word witness. And I think this is really significant because, you know, obviously what is a witness? A witness is someone who is sharing what they have seen or experienced. The simple definition of it. But the truth when it comes to the gospel, the truth when it comes to the mission that God is putting us on, is that each one of us, as we experience the gospel, as we experience God's grace, his forgiveness, the, the renewal and the restoration of who we are, 
that we represent a small picture of heaven. See, the brokenness and the sin in my life, the parts of me that you would look at and go, ugh, really? The parts that God then enters in and restores and renews and makes me a new person. That's a piece of heaven. That is what heaven is. It's brokenness made beautiful. It's us as people, not the world, not heaven. I mean, he's going to do that. But it's people, it's relationships, it's who we are. So when God calls us on mission, what does he want us to do? He wants us to be witnesses. He wants us to share, this is who I was, and this is what God has done. This is the healing. This is the redemption. This is the restoration that God has done. That's the gospel. Because my story, my giftings, my, my wiring, my personality, my experiences, my sinfulness, my brokenness, and how God is engaged in that, and how God needs to continue to engage in that, that is the piece that he's calling me to, to, to share in mission. Because there's someone else that's going through a, on a similar journey, on a similar path, that's going, I don't know if God's big enough for this for this situation, for these people, for me and my brokenness and my sinfulness. Like, I get it, I hear it, but like, I don't know if it's true. And to have somebody show up and say, this was me, and this is God, and this is what he can do. That's what I see in the Great Commission. That's what I see in Jesus' words. Be a witness of what I am doing in you. And honestly, for all of us, it means, it means two things. God is already doing stuff in us. Share those things. He has more that he wants to do in me. He has more that he wants to do in you so that you can continue to share. The third piece that I see in this is the, is the, the geography piece, right? The, the verbs of motion, the goes, the, all these different types of things. Um, and, and oftentimes when we talk about this in, in a church context, the question of, of, well, where? Like, which one is it? Which one are we responsible for? Um, often comes up. Is it, is it here? Because there's so much need and there's so much opportunity and there's so much this. Or is it out there? And some churches say, you know what, we just can't deal with that, so we're going to do this here. And other churches say, hey, we're just going to do that out there. Um, and, and they forget about the people that are, that are right around them. And I don't believe that it's, that it's actually an either-or proposition. I believe it's actually more of a both-and proposition, or as Luke says in Acts, it's actually an and-and-and proposition. It's Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other parts of the earth. And the reality is, if as, as cedars grows, as, as cedars makes an impact, the, the truth is, is you can make an impact on your Jerusalem, your, your local city. You can actually make an impact on, uh, on Judea, the people that are near you and like you. You can actually make an impact on Samaria, the people that are near you but that are different from you. But one of the interesting things is that no matter what you do, no matter how big you grow, no matter what impact or influence you gain as a local church, you can't accomplish the last one on your own. To take the gospel to all the corners of the earth, to all these different places, all these different people, you need other people 
to say, hey, let's do this together. We need to have that same aha moment that, that A.B. Simpson has that says, you know, if we're really going to be serious about mission, we've got to engage where we are. We've got to enter into our communities. We've got to care for the people that God has put right around us. But we also have to engage in partnership. We also need to come together with other people and say, how are we going to take the gospel to those places? I want to really quickly run through uh, just a couple things about, uh, about the alliance, some opportunities in that, but, but to give a challenge to us uh, in partnership. Because the, um, the alliance exists, cedars exist, uh, all of Jesus for all of the world. That people would experience the fullness of Christ, that that, that would go out t- to everyone. We see that in gospel access, creating and um, getting started communities of faith in places where there aren't communities of faith, um, where people can reach out from that. We're serving in communities, meeting felt needs. We're developing people, discipling, helping people grow and experience the fullness of Christ in their own lives. In Alliance Missions, we, we, we have different groups and categories that we talk about, about access, creating multi, uh, multiplying church networks, uh, you know, and getting those started in different places. We have Comma, Compassion and Mercy Associates, uh, Disaster Relief, Community Development, Caring for the Real Felt Needs of People, and using that as an opportunity to talk about spiritual needs. We have Marketplace, using businesses' missions to, to engage and, and, and connect with, with, with people in context where we're not allowed to, to, to be believers, or we're not allowed to send missionaries, or we're not allowed to be in any other context. And we have Envision, the, the piece that Christy and I are working for, which is uh, identifying and developing missional leaders, helping people become, you know, helping people say yes to living on mission, helping them to understand what that means and to actually live that out in the different parts of the globe, different places of work that God is calling them to. In Envision, we have, um, we send people out, we do this through short-term teams, seven to ten days. We send out interns to our 20 locations around the world uh, for one month to 11 months. We send residents to go out for two years. Uh, we have opportunities for give back for people to, who are uh, retirees or professionals that God's, they're saying, I, I still feel like we've got something to give, uh, something to be a part of. And... Um, we're partnering with long-term ministry works through short-term people resources. At the same time, we're, we're engaging and developing those people in those contexts. Envision creates opportunities for churches to engage uh, in mission locally uh, through training up and helping you develop uh, people, helping people get engaged in what God is doing around the world, but it also creates opportunities for you as a local congregation to engage and partner uh, with what's happening around the world. The reality is, and, and this is just a logical reality, if, if there's no gospel access, if there's no church, if there are no believers, um, someone has to go in order for that to start. The truth is that, that even if we have people that are saying, hey, I will go, send me, it takes money to send them. People have to eat, people have to live. And, and the truth is that people aren't going to last, they're not going to stay, they're not going to be impactful if we're not praying for them, if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to work and to move. So there are a number of ways that that we can all participate here and there. 
And I would challenge you, I would challenge each of us, not about the Alliance, not about Envision, not about the Todds, not about, not about Cedars, but about you and the Lord and the mission that he's calling you to. The gospel that needs to go to people's lives and homes and families and communities here and there and all over. And are you willing to say, okay, God, enough is enough. I'll step up. Are you willing to say, God, what does that mean? Does that mean that you want me to, to be devoted and dedicated in prayer? Does that mean that you want me to, um, to give sacrificially so that, so that others can go? Does that mean that you want me to, uh, to be going? Maybe it's long-term, maybe it's short-term, maybe it's to take people with so we can engage and see what's going on. There's a number of ways that God wants to use you. But what's your story and what's your piece? And what is God saying, hey, I want to use you in this way? Join me as I close this in prayer, but join me as we each come before the Lord to say, what's next, God? What is that life, what is that crazy thing, what is that beautiful picture you have for me on mission? Lord, I thank you so much that you... that you care, that you love, that you are engaged uh, in our world, in our lives. Lord, thank you so much that you follow through on the promise of new life, of restoration, of forgiveness, and that that means real significant things to, to each one of us individually, Lord. Lord, help, e- help me, help us to submit, to surrender, to say, Jesus, I need more of you. I want more of you. And Jesus, help us to to move beyond the reception and to continue or to begin in the giving. To share that restoration, to share that redemption, to share that hope that you have planted in us. What is that piece of heaven that you are reflecting in our story and our life? that we can say, I need to make a change in this way. I need to shine this light in this way, Lord. Father, you know the stories of each person here. Help us to believe and to live out that you will show up with that promise, that as we surrender, you will take care of us. As as we surrender to you, that you will provide a more beautiful life and a more beautiful picture than we could have ever imagined as we live on mission with you, Lord. I pray these things in your name, Jesus.